Towards the end of our parasha, after the Torah gives us the details of the communal sacrifices, the Tamid and the Musaf, then the Torah says that Moshe conveyed all of this information to the Jewish people, which seems fairly obvious. Surely that's what he always does. So Rashi says it's Lahafsiko Inyan, and he quotes Rabbi Shmuel to teach us that we don't know exactly where Hashem's words end and Moshe's words begin. Now, what exactly is Rashi saying? The Ramban says that you may have been confused as to exactly which segment of the conversation, this week's parish or next, is attributed to Moshe. But Rashi doesn't sound like he's saying that. It almost sounds as if he's saying you might have thought that Moshe did not convey certain information to the Jewish people. Now, why would you think that? What's interesting about it is that this story about the Yomim Tovim and the various Korbanis associated, as well as other laws associated with Yom Tov, was already said in Parshas Emor. And they also we had a summary at the end. Rashi didn't feel the need to comment then. So how come here? And we'll look at the comparison between the two parishes and we'll learn that actually the Torah is telling us different information then as to what it's telling us now. We're also going to see that Rabbi Yishmael is a key personality and that's why Rashi quotes his name because he holds differently to Rabbi Akiva about how exactly Torah was conveyed uh, from Moshe Rabbeinu to the Jewish people. And we're going to see, generally speaking, that there are uh, two perspectives on what elements of Yom Tov were taught at which point in time. It's a question of what's relevant at a particular point, which raises an issue for us. Are Karbonos relevant to us today? What could we learn from them? At the end of our parish, after goes through all of these communal Karbonos, that Moshe said to the Jewish people everything that Hashem had told him to say. And that's the big question. Why does the Torah have to tell us that Moshe conveyed the information to the Jewish people? Is that something you have to tell us? You have to tell me that Moshe fulfilled what Hashem had instructed him to do, which is tell the Jewish people and instruct them to bring these korbanos. Throughout the Torah, there are so many places. The instruction from Hashem to Moshe, and nothing in the Torah to say, and Moshe conveyed it as well. So why here? And the reason why the Torah doesn't have to say it in other places is self-evident. It's pretty obvious that if Hashem told Moshe something with the intent that Moshe should tell it to the Jewish people, Moshe also came. Obviously, Moshe did it. It's so obvious that Moshe that Rashi never feels a need to tell us that Moshe did it. So why here? So why here in this parasha did the Torah have to tell us that, guess what, Moshe actually gave the instruction over to the Jewish people? Comes along Rashi and explains, I'll say Pirush Rashi, that it's there, to make a break between two different conversations. Divrei Rabbi Yishmuel, immediately Rashi attributes this to the opinion of Rabbi Yishmuel. Why do we need to make a distinction? Have a look. When we're told the whole parasha of the Korbonos, it's very clear that it's Hashem speaking. Whereas the beginning of next parasha, where Moshe addresses the Rosh the heads of the Shvatim, there it says, So it's Moshe's words. We needed to make a distinction. 
So the Torah has to tell us, we see Hashem's words, then we see Moshe's words. You may have the impression that Moshe's words start with the story of Nadarim, and he did not repeat the information of the Karbonos. Therefore, the Torah had to repeat itself and say, and Moshe conveyed that information too. Because if not for this um, added verse in the Torah, we would have thought that Moshe's conversation with the Jewish people started in next week's parasha about the halachas of Nedarim. Now, even that, in spite of the fact that Rashi has explained it, still doesn't make sense. Okay, so maybe the psukim indicate that way. But let's be frank. Before you came across this, did it ever enter your mind that Moshe did not convey the information to the Jewish people just because it didn't say so explicitly in the Torah? Let's say that this line was absent and it did not say Moshe conveyed the information to the Jewish people, then yes, the literal indication of the Psukim would have been, because the language of the Psukim only in the next parasha starts to tell us about Moshe speaking to the Jewish people, it would have implied, the words of the Psukim may have indicated that perhaps Moshe did not convey this information to the Jewish people, Still, even though the psukim don't seem to lend themselves to this message, how would it ever enter your mind that Moshe would ignore a direct instruction from Hashem, Tzav es Yisrael, tell the Yinnan? Why would you think he didn't? So let's take a look at the Ramban. He has a different, maybe softer way to explain it. It's a beautiful explanation. However, we're going to show that it doesn't fit with Rashi. So when the Ramban analyzes Rabbi Shmuel's opinion, the same opinion that Rashi quoted, that it's Lahafsiko Inyan to make a break <coughs> between Parshas Akorbonois and Parshas Nidorim, says the Ramban, so Ramban says something a little different. Sometimes we have the construction of psukim where a phrase could be aligned to what precedes it or to what follows it, and we need clarity. So the Ramban says that's what's happening over here. Because what do we have? We have the pasuk that says, uh, the pasuk at the beginning of next week's parasha says, and Moshe spoke to the heads of the Shvatim. So now, that matois says the Ramban, and Moshe spoke to the heads of the Shvatim. Spoke what? The words that are going to follow, the halachas of Nedorim, or is it telling us kind of a summary that Moshe told the Jewish people what we have already learned at the end of Pashas Pinchas, Pashas HaKorbonus. So because it's a little unclear if we just relied on that Pasuk alone, says the Ramban, that's why our Parsha Pinchas added an extra Pasuk, and Moshe told the Jewish people all the halachas of the Korbanus Sibur as Hashem had instructed him. So that gives us a clean break. Okay, we know that that was already discussed. And now when we start the next Parsha, and Moshe starts to address the Shvatim, we now know this is a new speech concerning new halachas, Nedarim, because he's already told them the halachas of Korbanos. And the truth is that Ramban says Rashi himself uses the exact, exactly this logic actually in, our, in Parshas Matos. 
So the Ramban firstly says there are many places that the various Midrashic commentators make exactly this point, that we have a certain ambiguity, and so the Torah will add extra information to clarify that ambiguity. Says the Ramban, guess what? Rashi actually grappled with exactly this issue in a Pasuk in Parshas Matos. What's the Pasuk? The Pasuk says, After the Eden went and they fought a, a war against Midian, which they were meant to do, after the horrible story of the Midianim, or the Midian noise seducing Jewish men, so they kept a whole lot of the women alive. And Moshe was upset about it, and he said, This is not the way you're supposed to behave. So then he tells them the instruction. Now, the instruction could sound a little ambiguous. What does it say? Here, you have to kill all the men. And then in the next pasuk it says, all the children you have to keep alive. And somewhere in between it talks about the women. So now we don't know, are the women part of the instruction to be killed, like the men, or the instruction to be saved, like the children? Says Rashi, That's why in that pasuk the Torah repeats the word to kill them a second time to make this clear. So Rashi immediately clarifies why we needed this word haroigu, because if you don't have the word haroigu, then you have a question in your mind. Are the women under the banner of hirgu, like the men, to be killed? Or are, are they under the banner of hachayu, like the children, to be saved? We don't know. So the Torah, lahafsikoinian, made it absolutely clear for us, <coughs> tells us again the word Haroigu says the Ramban. That's exactly what's happening over here. We wouldn't know when it says Vaidaber Moshe Rosh in the beginning of next week's parasha. Is he speaking new information? What we're going to read in next week's parasha, or is that the Torah telling us that he repeated what's in this week's parasha? To clarify that, says the Ramban. The Torah repeated the words Vayomer Moshe. Then Moshe told all of the halachas of Karbanas to the Yidden. Brilliant, according to the Ramban, but it's not going to fit with Rashi's pirush. Why not? You cannot plug that into Rashi's commentary here. Why? Because look what Rashi does over here. He uses language that is intentionally different to the language used in the Sifri. The Sifri says, I have this ambiguity. I don't know what the Pasuk talking about. Rashi doesn't say those words. Because of Beferosh, instead Rashi says something that seems to be very clearly otherwise. What does he say? Rashi says, if not for this repetition, the mistake we would have made is, Rashi doesn't say the mistake we would have made is a misinterpretation of the next Pasuk in Pasha's Matos. He doesn't say that. Eloi says, Rashi says, the mistake we would have made is we would have thought that Moshe did not tell them the halachas of Karbonus Sibur at all. So that's interesting. Why does Rashi believe that we would have imagined Moshe not to tell them the halacha at all? And that's why we need the Pasuk to clarify and say, oh no, Moshe. he did, he did, he did tell them. Now, what makes this even more curious is that we have a very similar conversation in Parshas Emor after we're told all about Yom Tov over there, including the Karbonois. And there also it says that Moshe kind of recapped. Rashi doesn't say a word. 
So we need to also understand, as the Ramban himself argues, at the end of describing all the Yomim Tovim Pashas Emer, there we've got a similar Pasuk. And Moshe said all of the details of the Yomim Tovim to the Jewish people. We actually find that Chazal give all kinds of reasons why we need that Pasuk there at all. Rashi doesn't say a word. Rashi feels that it makes absolute sense. Why is it so clear to Rashi there that the Torah had to repeat itself and tell us that Moshe conveyed the information, yet here Rashi is, we need a reason. We need to explain to you why the Torah says that Moshe had to repeat the information. They knew moving. It doesn't really make sense at all. If there is a logical, simplistic reason why we need to know in the Torah that, Ash, that Moshe repeats the information, then, then Rashi should have dealt with it the first time it, it arose. That's how Rashi operates. The first time a question arises, the first time there's a necessity to explain something, Rashi explains it. So if there's a necessity to explain, according to Pshat, why the Torah says that Moshe actually conveyed information, Rashi should have dealt with it the first time it came up in Pashas Emer. He doesn't. Not only that. Let's look how Rashi explains it here. He says, Here Rashi says that up until this point, you would think it's only Hashem speaking emotion, not repeating. That explanation could never have fit into Parshas Emor at all. Because unlike in our scenario, where here we know that it's Hashem's words, and then in next Parsha Matos, it's going to be Moshe's words, you don't have that in Emor. The next thing after Parsha Samoyados is Hashem speaking again. So this whole notion that you would have thought maybe it's Moshe's words doesn't exist in Emor. Okay, so we need to understand why the question is here and not in Pasha Zemur. There's actually a very simple reason why it's a bigger issue for us here whether or not Moshe conveyed the information than it is in Pasha Zemur. And it has everything to do with timing. With the chronology, when did these conversations happen? And what's relevant right there and then? Maybe in Parshas Emor, some of the information was not yet relevant to the Jewish people because they were not yet in Israel. So you could be excused for imagining that Moshe doesn't tell it to them at that point. Whereas here, this is on the eve of crossing into the land of Israel. Everything has to be told to them now. So, the time frame is that Parshas Emer is shortly after or around the time of putting up the Mishkan. Before the Eden were counted, as we saw in the beginning of Parshas Bamidbar. Now, among the things that they were told at that point includes a whole string of mitzvahs that would not be relevant to the Eden at this time. It would only be relevant once they came into Eretz Yisrael. The dogma, right? These are various mitzvahs that are agricultural mitzvahs, and you can only fulfill them when you have an agricultural society, which they didn't have in the desert. So these mitzvahs were not yet relevant. Now, the minute you look at mitzvahs that are not relevant immediately, you can imagine, okay, 
So why tell people this information if they're not going to act on it for X amount of time? So therefore, in Parashas Emor, it's pretty obvious why the Torah has to tell us that Moshe conveyed this information, because we in our logical minds would have said, look, we know that Moshe is going to tell every, everything to everybody. And of course, we expect that Moshe would always convey the information to the Yidden ASAP. As soon as he gets the download from Hashem, he shares it with them. As Rashi already told us, that at the time of Matantara, we see that Moshe goes straight off Har Sinai directly to the people. Why? Why is that necessary information to show us? As soon as he gets information from Hashem, he conveys it to the Yidden. But your logic would say, yes, that's generally the case, but in this specific scenario, it's possible that Moshe waited. So Moshe could have, we had imagined, could have postponed it and said, look, there are all kinds of other issues that I have to deal with. Moshe Rabbeinu at this time is fielding questions from the Jewish people, if not every question, because he's already set up a hierarchy, certainly the more difficult questions he says he's going to answer himself. Also, he's got so many other halachas that he has to teach them that are relevant to their daily lives right there and then in the Midbar. So we would have thought, logically, I could understand if the Torah doesn't spell it out, perhaps Moshe doesn't tell them these halachas that are only going to be relevant in Eretz Yisrael. Especially if you look at it from this angle, which Rashi actually quotes, that it it, it seems to be that Parashat Samoyadois was told after the parish of how the Jewish people are supposed to encamp in the desert. If you put it into into context, there were many, many other immediately relevant conversations that Moshe had to have with the Jewish people. You could logically expect that Moshe would delay telling them the mitzvahs that are only going to be relevant in Eretz Yisrael. So therefore, in Parashas Emor, obviously the Torah had to tell us, no, 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 it's not like you think. You think in your mind that if you were running the show, you might have postponed giving information that is not immediately relevant until later. Not Moshe. The Torah wants you to know that Moshe conveys all information to the Yidden as soon as he gets the opportunity. That the Torah wants us to know that immediately Moshe gave all of the information to the Yidden. And in fact, that would actually clarify for us that obviously if Moshe immediately gave that information to the Yidden, it's obviously because that's what Hashem wanted him to do. So we get it clearly why in Parshas Emor we had to know that Moshe was immediately going to trans, uh, transfer that information to the Yidden. But in our parasha, there's no logical reason why Moshe should delay. So if Hashem tells him to tell the Yidden and there's no logical reason to delay, we expect that Moshe tells the Yidden immediately. 
בפרט כאשר מדובר על סייף ארבעים שנה, דאם לא יחשב אי מוסאי, considering this is the end of Moshe's leadership, if he doesn't do it now, when is he going to do it? ועל כן מסרר הסקושי לשם מה נכתב היום מוישה בני סוגי ומייקל משמלון. That's why here Rashi raises the question. In Emor, he understands that according to Pshat, you appreciate why the Torah says, you know what? Moishe told them the information right now, even though there were so many other things on the agenda, and this information was only relevant later. But in our parasha, there is no logical reason why Moishe would delay. So why does the Torah have to tell me something that I already know? ועל זה תירץ רש"י להפסיק העניין שאם לא יקיין יש משהו שלא יאמר להם זוהי אלא בפרשת דור מסחר דבור וכדי לקמון סיב זין. That's why Rashi has to say it's to clarify for us to make things very clear what begins where what ends where who said what and when. Because it's important for us to know that this is Moshe's words not just the next piece. Now, the only reason that we'll be able to understand why this is even an issue in the first place and why you would think maybe that Moshe didn't say it, well, that's going to have to do with the fact that it's Rabbi Yishmael speaking. There's a running debate between Rabbi Yishmael and Rabbi Akiva how Torah was conveyed. Rabbi Akiva is of the view that all of the information, top to bottom, was all given at Har Sinai, repeated again at the Oyel Moed, and repeated again at this point in history, Barbos Moyav, just before they went into Israel. Whereas, according to Rabbi Yishmael, only the headlines were given at Har Sinai and the detailed information was passed on to the Yidden later. Now those two perspectives have a very strong impact on how we're going to read the story. Now we understand why Rashi had to tell us who he's quoting. Usually Rashi doesn't tell us the source unless knowing the source is going to help us better understand what he's saying. So now that we know it's Rabbi Yishmael, ah, what does Rabbi Yishmael say that helps us understand this piece? The fact that in Parashas Emer it had to tell us that Moshe told the information to the Jewish people What did we say the reason is? Because otherwise he would have thought this is not immediately relevant. Maybe Moshe delayed conveying it to the people. And once we know that it's obvious in Parashas Emor why the Torah had to tell us that he conveyed it, that raised the question in Pinchas, why over here did you have to say it? This whole thinking, Matim Rakhle Das Rabbi Shmuel, this whole thinking only works according to Rabbi Shmuel's view. Asheklolos Nemru Besinai, a protest by Elmoyet. Rabbi Shmuel's view is that only the headlines of every mitzvah were given at Har Sinai, and the details later at Elmoyet. So because Rabbi Shmuel already thinks along the lines that Torah does not all get presented at once, Therefore, it's logical to say that Moshe himself might not present all of Torah at once. He may have delayed certain information. But according to his uh, different, uh, his co- colleague with a different view, Rabbi Akiva, everything was given at once at Har Sinai. All of the information, all of the details, then repeated again at Oyomoyed, and then repeated again at Arboi Smoyav Nimza. So according to Rabbi Akiva, things were taught even when they were not immediately relevant. Because look, the information was taught then, and it was taught again. So one of the stages, it wasn't immediately relevant. 
So therefore, from Rabbi Akiva's perspective, there isn't actually a logical reason to imagine that Moshe would postpone giving the information. Ah, if there's no logical reason to imagine he's postponing giving the information, then we don't have the big question about why is M or different to Pinchas. From Rabbi Akiva's perspective, there is no question here. Rabbi Akiva is of the view that this is how the Pasuk works. Sometimes the Torah will give us the story as it is Moshe hearing it from Hashem. Sometimes the Torah will tell us the information as Moshe conveyed it to the Yidden. Sometimes will tell us both. It's no question about our parasha. That it says, and Moshe told the Yidden. That's how it is. Because as far as Rebbe Akiva is concerned, it's the same information being repeated on three different occasions. And so therefore the Torah selects sometimes to word it one way and sometimes to word it another way. The entire question is only a question according to Rabbi Shmuel, and Rashi wants us to know that. You'll say, no, Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Akiva has a really good point. Why are you so convinced that the fact that it tells us over here that Moshe repeated the information to the Jewish people means exactly that, that he repeated information? Why don't you also say like Rabbi Akiva? Sometimes the Pasuk speaks this way and sometimes the Pasuk speaks that way. Because the truth is that it's exactly this that Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shmuel are arguing about. Meaning, if you go with the approach of Rabbi Akiva, that all information was given at Har Sinai, and then all information was given again at Oyel Moed, and then all information was given again at Arboys Moyav, then Rabbi Akiva's view is that all information is repeated three times, so Rabbi Kiva says, if all the information is repeated three times, the Torah is not going to repeat it three times. Doesn't have to. Doesn't even have to repeat it twice necessarily. And so if Rabbi Akiva is of the view that sometimes the Torah tells us all of the information in one location and sometimes in a different location, by the same token, sometimes the Torah tells us that Moshe conveyed the information to the Yidden and sometimes it doesn't tell us. And that's okay. And it doesn't in any way undermine the possibility that Moshe did it. So as far as Rabbi Kiva is concerned, the whole question is a non-starter. The idea that you're picking out the fact that, oh, look, the Torah says that Moshe gave this information to the Jewish people. Yeah, that's okay. Sometimes the Torah will tell us that. It's, it's, it's okay. It's, it doesn't mean that in other places it should have done the same. Whereas, what's the reason that Rabbi Shmuel is absolutely convinced that only the core product was given at Har Sinai and the details emerged later? Because she This is critical information about Rabbi Shmuel's view. Rabbi Shmuel takes the Torah at face value. If this is where something is written, that's where it was said. That's the time frame. That's the context. And it's specific. Unless you have some very compelling reason why this should not be. Therefore, as far as Rabbi Shmuel is concerned, if this is where something is written, this is when it was taught. 
Not like Rabbi Akiva says, no, it was taught before and it will be taught again afterwards, but it's told here. Rabbi Shmuel's view is if it is spoken about here, it is because here is where it's relevant. Same thinking Rabbi Shmuel will apply here. Rabbi Shmuel says, if the mitzvah of Korbanus Sibur is written in Parshas Pinchas, that's because this is the time frame where those mitzvahs were taught. If in this parasha, using the same logic, it says Moshe conveyed the information to the Yidden, it's because in this context it's important for us to know that Moshe conveyed the information to the Yidden, which raises the question, why? So to appreciate better the distinction between Parshas Emor, where we were not confounded by the question, hey, why is Moshe, why is the Torah telling us that Moshe conveyed the information? And here we are, is because we've got to really look at the difference between what each parasha wants to convey. So, in order to answer that question, why don't we ask a very simplistic question? Why are the mitzvahs of Yom Tev split into two parashas, Emor and Pinchas? If you look at Parshas Emor, the main theme of Yom Tev there is to tell us that you may not do work on Yom Tev. And then in a general sense, it also tells us about the Korbanos. Compared to Parshas Eno, Pinchas, in our parasha, the main focus is to tell us the specific carbonus that are unique to each special day. And by the way, it kind of mentions that you're also not allowed to work on those days. So why that distinction? There are two possible ways we could explain it. Two possible ways. Aleph. One possibility is, one possibility is that Hashem gave different mitzvahs to Moshe at different times. In Parshas Emor, which is one time around the, the, the Hakamas HaMishkan, then he was told mainly about the halachas of not working on Yom Tev. And our Parsha, Parshas Pinch, which is quite a bit later, that's where he was told mainly about the Korbanas. Parshas Emor, B'Sfichas HaKamas HaMishkan, Parshas Emor, B'Sfichas HaKamas HaMishkan, right? Emor at the time of the Mishkan, Pinchas at the end of 40 years. Don't you think that our parasha, which speaks about the Korbanis that they were meant to bring on Yom Tov, should have been discussed right after the Mishkan was put up? Because you assume that they brought these Korbanis while they were in the desert. Except for those that maybe it says very clearly, these only apply when you come in Territisola, which is not even on this list. Perhaps we could say the answer there is that what's unique about Pinchas is we're not just talking about the Karbonus and, of course, the Kohanim who have to bring the Karbonus. Here we're expanding the, the mitzvah to affect the whole Jewish people. Meaning, this is Hazirus Vahatsivoy. This is the time that Moshe turns to the entire Jewish people and says, You're all responsible to make sure that these carbonos are all brought at the correct times. But the details of all these carbonos were already told to Moshe before, and he had conveyed them to the elite group of people who needed to know about them, Aaron and his family. So the Chidush of this parasha is telling the whole community. 
So one possibility is we say Emor is where the community was told, where Moshe was told the halachas of the Isur Melacha, and Pinchas is where they were told, or Moshe was told to tell the Yidden the details of Karbonos, the Tamid, the Musaf, etc. One possibility. The other possibility, Bez, is that Bez, that both Emor and Pinchas were both told to Moshe Rabbeinu at the same time. In fact, you may even argue that Parashas Pinchas, where it talks about the Karbonos Sibur, was actually told before Parashas Emor, which speaks about the restrictions of not working on Yom Tov. Actually, that would explain why we don't have the details of the Karbonis in Prashas Emor, because the Torah is relying on the fact that it's already been told. Are you going to say, well, if that's the case, the Torah is presented not chronologically? Well, in spite of the fact that all the information was conveyed then, there has to be some reason that the Torah chose to split them and to move the details of Parashat Sakarbonus all the way to Pinchas. At the end of 40 years, and that would fit with the principle which Rashi has actually taught us a few times, that the Torah is not necessarily always presented chronologically. Okay, so those are the two possibilities. Either Emor was one conversation and Pinchas is another conversation years apart, or they were two simultaneous conversations recorded in two different places in the Torah. Now, Olafi Oifenzeh, if we go with this opinion, let's go with the second view, okay? That both pieces of information were conveyed to Moshe at the same time, but were recorded at different times in the Torah. Then you could say that in Parashas Emor, where it says, that speak to the Yidden and tell them the special days in the Jewish calendar, there you could say that the Torah wants to make a split. It wants to say there are details that are being conveyed at this point in Parshas Emor that have to be kept distinct from other details that were told at the same time, but the Torah is only going to spell out later in Parshas Pinchas. And that would be along the lines of the theory that we put forward before, which is at that point in history, Moshe was telling all the Yidden the restrictions of Yom Tev, and in Parashas Pinchas would be the first time that he would tell all the Yidden the details of the Karbonos. Could actually see a, a, a little nuance over here in the language of how it's used in Emor and how it's used in Pinchas. When you go to Parshas Emor, each time that it speaks about another Yomtiv, it starts the conversation with a, with a fresh Vaidabra Hashem Whereas in our parasha, there's like this general opening statement, tell the Yidden the following things. Why? Because actually, our parasha actually occurred before parasha Semur. And therefore it has this grand introductory statement. Instruct the people. Instruct them what? 
all the Karbanas, which we only get to tell them about in this parasha, and all the details of each individual Yom Tov, which we already told them in Pasha Semur. And then after the grand introduction, which is only recorded in Parashas Pinchas, in spite of the fact that it was conveyed to Moshe before Parashas Amoyadis in Emor, after that, then Parashas Emor says, okay, here are the things that you have to tell the Jewish people now. And just to make it absolutely clear that here in Parshas Emor is the time to tell them the unique laws of each Yom Tev. To make it absolutely clear, the Torah keeps saying, tell them this one, tell them that one. Now, we've, we've now made a proposal that the Torah is complete, completely not chronological in this regard. Parashas Pinchas, Parashas Akarbonos, really belongs before Parashas Amoyados and Parashas Emor. Now, any time you're going to say, Ein muktam it's not just for fun, it can't be said loosely, there's got to be a compelling reason. The only time that we're entitled to say, oh, this is not chronological, is if you've got a really powerful reason to do so. As the Rebbe has explained multiple times. So therefore, The only way that we'd say it has to be non-chronological must be because the Pshat shows us a strong proof that this parasha, Pinchas, parasha Sakorbonos, is all the way at the end of the 40 years. If we don't have a clear proof that this is all the way at the end of the 40 years, then we don't have a reason to say it's Ein Mukta Mumuchar. So Rashi makes this point right at the beginning of the Parsha Sakarbonis, where he says, Tzav es Yisrael. Why does Hashem say, instruct the Yidin? Rashi says, Ma amur What's the immediately preceding paragraph in the Parsha? He doesn't say, why do the two Parshas go next to each other? He says, Ma amur what was said just before this, showing us that this is where it belongs historically. This conversation happened here historically. What was the conversation? Moshe says to Hashem, that you should appoint a successor. Says Hashem to Moshe, before you tell me my responsibilities to the people, why don't you tell the people their responsibilities to me? Tzavez b'nei Yisrael. So therefore, Rashi is showing us that this is not just the particular slot that was allocated to this parasha where it should be written in the Torah, but more than that, this conversation occurred at this point. This instruction to the hidden occurred at this point. So now if we didn't have the Torah adding the line and Moshe told this information to the Yidden, then we would have said, whoa, this parasha is completely in the wrong place. 
He never le Moshe Yachdim eat kainim pashas modes the pashas emer. Shalkosav smicha kanad mitam esuyim. We'd start thinking one second. This is information that Moshe was told already long ago at the time of Akomas Amishkan, as recorded in pashas emer even before pashas amoyados. But for some odd reason, it was written here, and we'd think, why? Why would it be written here? And we made a loyom lehem zoy. And then we'd start thinking, ah, it's written here, but Moshe never got to tell the people. He only told them what is in Parshas Emor, the restrictions of not working on Yom Tif. Now the puzzle comes together. Therefore, the Torah had to repeat over here that Moshe, here, at this moment, spoke these halachas to the Yidden, so we would know clearly that Moshe did actually convey all of this information to the Yidden. And therefore we come to conclude that what? That this parasha was actually said here. So effectively, what's Rashi done for us <laughs> in, in, in no time? What's Rashi done for us? is illustrated to us literally in a couple of words that we could have totally misunderstood not just whether or not Moshe conveyed the information, but we could have totally misunderstood how the chronology of the parasha was supposed to play out and we could have imagined information was never conveyed and information was written out of chronology. Another nuance in the difference, which will help us to clarify this picture too, difference between Emor and here. At the end of Pasha Semer, it says, Moshe, that Moshe told the Yidin all the halachas of Yom Tev. And here it says, which is a softer expression. This even has a, an halachic application. Parashas Emor is talking about how Yom Tev is observed right across the whole of history. Right, that you're not allowed to work, that you have to shake a lulav, all those things, they're right across the whole course of history. There the expression is vayidaber. Vayidaber means something which is always relevant. But in Parshas Pinchas, when you're mainly talking about Korbanos, which we cannot bring right now during Golos, the best that we can do right now is we could learn about the Korbanos, which is then considered as if we had brought them. It's not so strong. It's not so compelling. Plus, when Hashem gives us an instruction that can apply at all times, use Vaidabar, which is a harsh expression. The has a strong expectation and demand of us that we will keep these mitzvahs without any excuses of saying, what time of history is this? Whereas the idea that we're supposed to learn about Karbonos in lieu of actually bringing them. So then, you can't tell us that that's a chiv. It's a good thing to do. It's appropriate. We should do it. But you can't say it's a chiv like the chiv of keeping yomtiv. So the word is vayomer, a softer word. 
In fact, if anything, we say to the Ebersha, don't make that Vayedaber, don't make that a Tvia. Because we say, we don't want to learn about carbonos in lieu of bringing them. We want to bring them. So definitely not Vayidaber. Definitely this should not be concrete as a reality. That's why now parasha it's a softer expression. They were just asking us softly, almost nicely, please consistently learn about the korbanos, daven for the korbanos. They be asking us nicely, gently, please show your interest. Show that you care about these carbonos, learn about these carbonos, and that will expedite the opportunity to actually bring them. Then Moshiach will come, restore the base Amigdash, bring us back to a state of bringing carbonos. And that should happen mamish immediately.